Am I boring you? <laughs> Forgot to mute my cell phone. <laughs> we don't own that sound effect, so hopefully it's been replaced by the <laughs> Welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm your host, Rebecca, and joining me today is... Daniel Shea. <laughs> oh, man. What did I just say? I went right into it. <laughs> where are we? <laughs> I know, right? Where are we? <clears throat> uh, this is a podcast where we talk about the, what's happening in the DFW area and beyond, as well as take a look at, back at what, we, what topics took over the VGOCC last week. Video game open coffee club. People have been telling me that I need to say it, but it's just so long. It is. So incredibly long. So what happened last week? There's a lot of things that kind of happened. Uh, the open beer club on Tuesday. Yes, that got heated. It did. <laughs> I, I won't say that was one of my finest moments, but it was very hard. So we had some new members, or not so, so much new members, but we, we uh, at the beer club, we constantly have new people show up. Mm-hmm. And we have a couple of regulars that come in. And every now and then there will be a topic that just kind of gets a little heated. And when people have a little too much spirits in them, it gets doubly heated. So we definitely hit on a topic. It was, uh, what was it? Toxic toxic communities and how to manage them. That's kind of what we were getting into. And uh, I bailed midway through it because I got a little too, too like, with the person. Uh but overall, it seemed like after I left, David was able to kind of bring everybody back together. And you guys kind of ended on a friendlier note than when I left. Oh, yeah. It was a treat. <laughs> you guys listening, you should definitely come next time and maybe bring some popcorn. Oh, man. That was not my finest moment. But overall, I enjoyed it. yeah, overall, there was a couple of different points that we were getting at there. Uh, you know, the dangers of having a toxic community when you are trying to promote a game, right? Then you had, like, who really has a say on, like, what goes on in a community? Should it be the companies themselves? Should it really be just, you know, the community itself leasing each other? And then, you know, we got into some topics on human behavior. But overall, it was it was just... Kind of a good point on like what happens when you have too much toxicity and people just can't handle. Uh, so not that we're saying we're toxic or anything, but it was definitely a topic that uh, got us all a little hot. <laughs> Everybody's got strong feelings about that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, so to those of you guys that made it out to the Tuesday group, please come back. It was super. Yeah, it, despite everything that happened, it was still fun. We still had a lot of had a lot going on. Um, I promise I will never be like that crazy it again. Was, <laughs> and it was, I mean, it, it was a blast. They had, a, I mean, they always have 64 mm-hmm. and several different N64 games out there. But somebody brought um, a VR oh, setup right. and was they playing a, yeah, which, which rhythm game were they playing? They were playing, I think they were playing Beat Saber, which okay. sucks because I've been wanting to play that game. So my roommates and I, my roommates, mostly got the PlayStation VR and we're looking for beat sabers on there and they don't have it. It's just like heartbroken because I really wanted it. It was fun to watch. They were Oh man, next time. Yeah. Bring it to the next time, random person. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it to the next time. Uh last Tuesday of every month if this happens to reach you. 
Uh, what else happened? We had the DSOP uh, show and play. Yes, happened on Wednesday. Um, yeah, that was a lighter crowd than it normally is. Mm. Um, because, well, and I think it was a combination of things. I think originally they were only going to have one more show and play this year, a little bit later in the year, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, because we're, so, we're going into the holiday months. Yeah, so only four people presented. Uh, it was a lighter crowd, but, you know, still a lot of fun. I went, met some new people, and mm-hmm. showed some cool stuff. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, the Dallas Society of Play has been growing, like, a lot in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And they, they've definitely stepped up, stepped up their game. I think, actually, they're doing another community event. Uh, at Whirly Ball, I want to say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's what happened. Here's what's coming up. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. So Whirly Ball, the Dallas Society of Play is going to be doing that again. I don't have my dates all up in front of me anymore. But that's happening, I want to say this week. That it's likely right. this weekend. One of the upcoming Sundays, right? I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, yes. So it's coming up. Uh, keep an eye on, in, in these cases, when I haven't gotten our show notes together and gotten all of our dates put up. Um, in these cases, usually keep an eye on our Facebook or on the Discord. I try to keep up those events in there. Um, but that's coming up soon. There's also a uh, second Thursday of every month. It's not this week, but next week. So that's the game to drink up. And then, of course, our clubs, <laughs> Thursday and Friday. I have not been super, super great about keeping up with everything that's been going on in the community recently. Oh, well, yeah, and to be fair, it's slowed down a lot, too. Especially because, mm-hmm. like, with the yes. holiday months coming in. Yeah. So Hall- Halloween kind of kicks it off. And then there's Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then New Year's. So everybody just in studio start going into that crunch time too. Yeah. Uh, and also this is it around the crazy. time that we're going to start having a whole bunch of like we had E3 happen a couple months ago. And now it's going to get to the point where we're going to go into pretty much the wave of releases. So any game, any company that's wanting to get their stuff out for the holidays so they, they can get that huge bump. That's happening soon. I'm thinking the Whirly Ball event is October 14th. A Sunday, okay. but I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm maybe like 80% sure on that. So don't hold me to it. I'm sorry. I wish I knew for sure. <laughs> no worries. No worries. We have more than, more than one way of sharing this stuff now. Alrighty. So that's what's coming up. If we've missed anything, you know, drop it into the Facebook group, drop it into the discord or heck. Send us some hate mail. Even send it to, a, uh, let us know at meetup.com. We've actually started to have some people come out of that as well. I've seen a lot more activity on that. I think it helps that whenever we're doing the beer club, we start getting active in there. Mm-hmm. This is mostly where we find the majority of our attendees. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the recap. Recap. There's a lot of things. So last week we talked about it's our the show title for last week is a sad tale of telltale or telltale, right? And since then, uh, so recap of that is telltale, telltale. They have recently let 
go of about 250 and they're keeping a skeletal crew to continue to do The Walking Dead to finish out pretty much The Walking Dead. And then the studio is going to be closing down due to bankruptcy. Well, since then, there has some, one of the guys, one of the people has put in a lawsuit against them, a class action lawsuit against Telltale. And they get this. I'm going to get it right when there's no longer the studio anymore. Telltale. And it's it's kind of like kicking them when they're down. But at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of things that they could have done in a lot of ways that they could have they could have taken care of things. Um, but again, I'm one of those couch, <laughs> one of those couch, couch like here's what the game industry is really like. Yeah. People having never been in the game industry. And I wish Michael was here today because he could give a little bit more in it. So this article comes from Polygon. It's Telltale hit with class action lawsuit for breaking labor laws. And it talks about the Warren Law or the Warren Act. Um, one second. I'm going to pause for one second to give the noise downstairs to end. Sounds I don't like, think that's going to happen anytime soon. So we're like just tinkle. Gonna... <laughs> if you hear tinkle sounds, it's not, it's not really tinkle. Yeah, so Telltale hit with class action lawsuit for breaking labor laws. So there's a labor law called Warren Act. And it's just to kind of protect employees from layoffs that were foreseeable. It, this... Super simplistic. I am not a lawyer. Let me put this out there. So I'm giving a super simplistic definition of what the Warren Act is. It's to protect employees from from being let go when there's a foreseeable, if it's foreseeable, right? And I've got, I'm going to get so many people going, this tard right here. Alrighty. Uh, so if it was, if it was just with the federal courts, people are pretty sure that they would get away. Like they, no, no problem. But California has completely, has much stricter labor laws. Uh, so what the act pretty much says is that if it's foreseeable, you're, you're supposed to give your employees 60 days notice so that they can prepare, right? They were hiring all the way up till that Friday oh, yeah. before they were being then. So yeah, I so think many, Melissa said she's got a friend that was hired and four days later, oh, by the way. Yeah, fired. See you. Yeah, fired. Uh, there's speculations that Telltale was waiting for Lionsgate to put in and Lionsgate, I guess, did not take a deal with them and that was why they lost essentially all of their... Gamble. Yeah, revenues. So they, they went from kind of making their own games to making games after out of existing IPs, and that's kind of what their business was on. So they relied very heavily on a lot of these deals. And when one doesn't go through, then, you know, this sort of thing happened. So 60 days. If they win, if they win the class action lawsuit, then anything that Telltale, anything that the studio, we'll call them that for now, anything that the studio has made or still has will have to be distributed out. Quote, don't quote me on it just yet, um, but would have to be distributed out to other, to pretty much everybody that was in. So all 300 employees that are no longer going to be there. Um, just kind of adding to this note, uh, it's a rough month for the, and this was kind of brought up later, but just, just last month alone, somebody found a tweet, uh, Mother Goat on her Discord, found, found a tweet that talks about Everybody that was 
let go in just the month of September alone, right? You hired from Carbine, 50 people. From Capcom Vancouver, 158 people. From Telltale, 250 people. And Big Fish Games, 75 people. And there's, I think, 40 more people that were let go from another studio, but I can't remember really. So it comes out to be about 530 plus. Gotcha. People that were let go and just... Unleashed on the market. Yeah, in just September alone. And yeah, so last podcast we were talking about, is there enough work to go around in the game, in the game industry? And we got, that was also our expansion topic last, last week as well. So go check that out. It's called A, T- a Sad Tale of Telltale. Uh, go check that out. So it's, it's clearly been a rough month for games in general. Um, but as we've seen a lot of times, um, when, it, when there's hard things that happen in the community, the community does come together. And Michael has said that everywhere, game studios are saying, hey, we have open positions. Check us out. And somebody did start a list of just companies that have open positions. Um, so I wish I could give that, but I, it wasn't given to me in the Discord, even though I, I was pretty sure that I asked somebody. Um, so that we're going to kind of leave that story uh, unless there's any big changes to it. But that's kind of like the end of that story for us. Uh, next up, oh, our lawyer, one lawyer in the group says, this is why you ask an attorney before you make a major decision like layoffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God bless Tyler. Uh, so this topic is very near and dear to my heart because you guys know how big a fan I am of not just K-pop, but in particular, a boy band in particular. So I am super into Bangtan Soyunda, which in the United States is known as BTS. They've gotten huge over the last year and or over the last two years, ever since I need you. Can I just take two seconds Go to point it. out how much difficulty you have saying Telltale and you just whipped out the <laughs> Korean boy band name like, like ain't nobody's business. <laughs> Shows you how like if you really care about something, you're going to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, geez. Uh, so I was super, so I'm super into them and I've just been watching kind of their rise since about, I, I got into them about 2016. They, since they've been coming, they've just become so big, <laughs> biggest, as people will say now, the biggest boy band in the world. Um, they've been getting on to a couple of different. Bye bye sync. <laughs> yeah. They've been getting into a couple of, uh, oh man, you threw me off my track. I'm sorry. U.S. shows. Their latest one was with Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. No, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. 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 Ah. Jimmy uh, from the Late Night Show, from the Tonight Show. Too. Yeah, uh, they did the Fortnite Challenge. So the Fortnite Challenge, for those that don't know, is you try and do one of the dances that they have for the Fortnite characters, and they went and did that. So it was super awesome. They actually have a game that's going to be released sometime later this year, maybe, called BTS World. It's supposed to be, uh, speculation is you play as their manager and you're helping them debut, but I don't know if that's really real. What I do know is that all of it is live acted, live action scenes. So they all everything that you see is completely unique to the game, and they filmed it all, all not all themselves, but they filmed it. So I'm super excited about that. That's so that was one of the things I was that was pretty cool. Uh, and then it just set off a string of Fall Night stuff, Fall Fortnite stuff, in the in in the Discord. Um, Sony is filing. So this is so this is from Kotaku as well. It says Sony is finally allowing crossplay on the PS4. 
yeah, take that with a grain of salt. But they say they're, they're kind of putting it in a beta, just see if it works out. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But a lot of people think it's from pressure of Fortnite and that Bethesda has also put them on blast for, for not allowing crossplay with Fallout 76. That's too soon. So <laughs> I guess they're feeling the pressure and now they're like, yeah, okay, I guess we'll try just to like appease the masses. I didn't realize how quick the turnaround would be on that, but I was just at a birthday party yesterday and uh, with some friends from church and these two kids that I used to, mm-hmm. I used to work in the, in the child, um, whatever you call it, ch- children's church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that thing I did for like <laughs> five years that can, I, I can't remember the name of. Anyway, um, they logged into their PS4 and Nintendo Switch to I, to show me what they've been doing on Fortnite, and they were able to, for the first time, play with each other. And like this announcement just came out in the last week, right? So mm-hmm. I was I was just blown away that they've they've already flipped the switch <laughs> despite all the you know yeah so claims of it being allegedly really tricky to do. Super awesome. It's it's nice to see whether it's going to stick around. It's the bigger question, especially with a lot of the new newer titles coming out soon, right? So. I don't know. I would like to stick around. I know a lot of people would like it to stick around. Yeah. So all eyes are on Sony now. Fingers crossed. What's your next play? Do the right thing. <laughs> the next thing we have here is video games. So this is another Kotaku article. Video games was on Jeopardy and it did not go well. Yes. So it is a clip from the last latest Jeopardy. I don't know how. I'm not a huge game show watcher. Um. But they had an entire category, and they wiped out the entire board, and there's just the entire category of just games. And they go through, and every one of them, so it's just a clip of just each of them trying to figure out what the game is, and some of them are pretty funny. And the biggest thing that we kept pointing out was how the show host just has kind of like that, the answer was Fortnite kind of thing yeah. going on. And people are like, yeah, you know you didn't know it either. <laughs> But yeah, they I guess failed every every single every, question in the yes. category. And you know that the show makers are gonna be like, oh, add more. Gosh. <laughs> so, and I think this is just a nice little other nod on like how quickly games are becoming quote unquote mainstream. Cause a lot of times and I think a lot of that has to do with esports becoming way more popular. So it gives it like a lower barrier to barrier to entry for it. Used to be you got swirlies for playing video games at all. <laughs> and now you get swirlies if you're not good at video games. I've it's... never... Was that was that really a thing, swirlies? I, I knew people, but, you know, I, I got along with all the different groups of people, so I mostly got left alone. It's hard for me to believe. It's hard. I, I've never... I, I mean, I've been bullied, of course. I mean, there's a lot of people that have just been bullied. But I've never experienced the or swirly. seen a swirly or Rob, seen a swirly happen. Rob Lowe gets a swirly in St. Elmo's Fire. If you've never watched St. Elmo's Fire, it's, it's, it's worth a watch. And then he plays it off like it's cool. So next one, oh, we, just, we just went through Kotaku. That must have been what we did recently. Just everybody was just in Kotaku's thing. Because this is also from Kotaku. Nintendo wins lawsuit against Tokyo's totally unofficial Mario Kart. In Tokyo, 
which Jose, who recently came back, said that he saw this in action. So in Tokyo, there is a go-kart company called Mari Kart, or was a Mari Kart. Uh, Mari Kart. And they drove around on the actual streets of Tokyo. So this wasn't like in a control setting. These were just people running around and throwing sh- at each other. Stuff. <laughs> Stuff. That's going in. A, we still have to release our our lexicon, <laughs> our, our little downloadable coffee dictionary. Oh, man. But it, it'll be coming in the next few weeks. And yeah, we're adding I'll leave Stuff. that 100% to you then. Okay. So Nintendo wins lawsuit against Tokyo's totally artificial Mario, Mario Kart. And now they have to pay $10 million in damages to them. This company, I guess, started last year. I'm just kind of cruising through here a little bit. But they, they cited obvious copyright issues, including incidents of tourists crashing Mario Kart go-karts and have other problems. The Mario Kart remains up and still features images of customers in Nintendo-themed costumes such as Peach, Luigi, and Yoshi. Yeah. Am I boring you? <laughs> Forgot to mute my cell phone. <laughs> we don't own that sound effect, so hopefully it's been replaced with a duck. <laughs> or whatever the new animal is. Uh, okay, so yeah, $10 million. That's nearly $89,000 in USD. And Nintendo has gone on to say they will continue to protect their brand and intellectual property. And this comes off of, was it a couple weeks ago? They took out a lawsuit against a ROM site, two ROM site. Yes. Yeah, one shut down and the other one pulled off all of their Nintendo catalog. So this comes off of that. And that just shows, like, if even for a moment they they lax. Guys, oh, we'll let this one instance where you can use our property. They kind of lose a lot of what their, their, their protection rights. Right. We've talked about that a lot before, and just when it comes to it, protecting your intellectual property, there are right ways to go about it and wrong ways to go about it. And navigating those waters is very tough, especially when you're talking about overseas as well, because their copyright laws are not the same as ours. I think Korea just kind of got theirs. Like I think theirs started in 1940s, and ours started like at least a century or two before that. And next one up is, this is from Oculus.com. Introducing Oculus Quest. Our first six DOF all-in-one VR system. I don't think we actually got to that topic. I think it's because we got we got sucked into talking about Telltale. Uh, Telltale and, and Bowsette. Yeah, I don't remember discussing the, the Oculus Quest at all. So... Oculus Quest will launch in spring 2019 for just about $400. Offering six degrees of freedom and touch controllers. This is not a sponsor, by the way. Yeah, we are not affiliated with Oculus. Quest makes it easy to jump right into the action with no PC. It has over 50 titles lined up. This is just a big, here's our newest product. Plug over. (laughs) Oh, okay. I wish we had talked about this one. This is steamed.docop. Kotaku.com. Total War game gets review bombed on Steam over women generals. So there has been, a, like, I want to say since like Battlefield put women on their cover, 
right? There's just been people coming out of the woodworks yelling about how it's it's not historically accurate to have women in in like war settings. Older, <laughs> more ducks or other animals. And that's just not true. So this comes out over the fact that somebody was playing Total War Rome 2 online. And when they brought it up, over 50% of their generals were women and offered a screenshot as proof. In response to the sentiments like these and a discussion that spiraled out of control on Rome's two-steam form, community content editor Ellen McConnell said, probability of getting a woman general comes due to luck of the draw. That if these people weren't okay with that, there are mods they can use to remove women entirely. <laughs> what? <laughs> Works on divorces, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't like that. Just use a mod. Just download our mod. Oh, man. Total War games are historically authentic, not historically accurate. The only problem is, and we, we've, oh, man, Michael had thought, been doing, like, some grumpy research into, like, um, badass females in history. And I, I've got, uh, like, a book or two that, that showcase just women in the battlefield or on the battlefield. And there was things of them being like fiber pilots and there's things of them like dressing up. I mean, Milan's entire thing was her dressing up as, as, a, as a male soldier and going to war, right? It's, it exists. It's there. And even in the U.S. history, there's been times that women have dressed up as soldiers to fight alongside, to fight for their country. So screaming historically inaccurate is not really the case. And... I'm going to leave it there because it's a big topic in general. And I feel like it's just. It's come, just... come to Open Beer Club and we'll talk about it there. Oh, please. Please don't. <laughs> please, please don't start a fight. This is, this is just part of a longer conversation on just diversity in games. Also, a conversation on just like women in games. And just the volatility that you see out of some of the communities whenever uh woman is just kind of put in a position that people traditionally see as a male role. Uh, so I'm just going to leave it there because I, I kind of killed that topic for me. I'm just kind of done with it for a while. Uh, I was done with it after we went for a whole feminist episode. So <laughs> We actually had a female pastor officiate our marriage, my wife and I did. Ooh. And we had the entire wedding party in onesie pajamas. So we were pushing all kinds of boundaries. Mm-hmm. So speaking of females in games, Bowsette. Take it away, Daniel. Explain to these people what Bowsette oh, is. Bowsette. What an interesting. So I guess they're I guess all this started as they're they're porting a Mario game that was originally for Wii U to Nintendo Switch. And there's a character in that game called Peachette, or sorry, not Peachette, uh, Toadette, mm-hmm. who's like a female toad. Uh, well, in the Switch port, they're adding an item. They announced that they're adding an item called the Super Crown for Toadette. And when she puts on the Super Crown, she turns into a Peach lookalike named Peachette. And she looks like Peach, but wearing like, I guess, mushroom or toad toadstool uh, paraphernalia, clothes, whatever. Um, so an artist on the on the Twitter uh, put a comic out of. Are we allowed to talk about spoilers in this? The mm-hmm. 
Here, here we go. Spoiler alert. Okay, so there's a scene somewhere in Mario Odyssey of Bowser and Mario fighting over Peach, and she kind of tells them both off. So this artist on the Twitter um, took that scene and then continued it with Mario and Bowser consoling each other, walking away, and Bowser putting on the super crown and turning into Bowsette, who is a uh, looks like Peach, got the you know blonde, flowy hair, uh, big big blue eyes, and then the but Bowser's spiky collar and bracelets, and the internet's just gone buck wild with it <laughs> and within a week i mean there's bowsette everything all over the place and i mean of all of all kinds um rule rule 34 is that, <laughs> yeah, is that what they rule, call it there's yeah rule 34 plenty of the plenty of the prawn out there too and um well it, so the end of the spoiler alert that took about i think a minute or two uh, so the thing about it was after it went up People got really crazy about it, too. It's like, no, no. If it was on his head, if it went on Bowser, like, Bowser would be darker skin. The Peachette version would be, like, darker skin of with it. Red it hair. With red hair. Yeah. And it's just really cool. It's, and since then, someone also realized or said that um, it might have been an actual official concept as well at one point before it was dropped. Yeah, I guess somebody found it in some Mario concept art. Found a, a variant of Bowsette. So, so, so maybe it is real life. Oh man! Who can say? This is kind of cool. It, it, again, talking on like communities and how like cool they can be. It's kind of one of the cooler stories that comes out of like getting super excited about things. I like to watch a lot of fan made stuff. I read I read fan fiction every now and then, and True. some of and it's like yeah, I've some. written some fan fiction. I shouldn't some. like. It's, Naruto stuff out there that yes. apparently is. <laughs> I have some. I dropped it on the Discord one day too because somebody. Some, you had like over a million viewers on. I did. I at one point in time, I had, I'd gotten up to about a million views in the hot in the heyday of when I was writing writing it, and then I got like one bad review, and this goes back to like talking some of, with some of our guess we've had on and like what do you do when you receive a bad review or a negative review which give you know, everyone the finger i was well how old was i, I was like 23 24 years old and i got this one bad review that called me lazy and that didn't tell told me like i, I messed up my concept and i just wrote the same chapter twice and i got so offended i was like oh yeah oh yeah well don't read it and then deleted deleted the story uh, and then I started re I rewrote it. Like I, it took me a while to like digest. So then I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right. So I, I re-released the story about a week or two after that. I had gone through and edited out every bit of problem that was with the story at the time. And it has since then it's slowly rebuilt, but I haven't touched that series in like ages. But every it's, now it's and then hard I get to take that criticism sometimes. It but. is criticism. There's right ways of doing it and there's wrong ways of doing it. I think at that one, it, I didn't perceive it as constructive criticism because it just slammed me. It didn't actually give me any advice on how to improve it. It just said you you messed up. This is terrible to read, and that was what that that when you do that kind of criticism, that that's where you know the artist's heart. <laughs> gets really offended and yeah. bolts real hard. 
which is what happened to me. Uh, so yeah, but this is this is one of the don't be a troll. <laughs> this is one of the times that I really enjoy watching, just seeing how creative people can can get, and just the life that concepts that seem super insignificant kind of just become so. Oh, what's the word? Grandiose. Sure, that sounds good to me. Yeah, it's it just becomes it's, larger than what it was meant yeah, to be, and it's, and it's such an amazing fun thing to, to watch. See. If you haven't been watching all the all the Bowsette nonsense, it, I, <laughs> I would recommend it. It's it's a blast. I think the original artist mm-hmm. that that did the first one that kind of started it all mm-hmm. has continued and now. So he's got like Mario running off with Bowsette, and then he had Daisy and Luigi get into a fight and Luigi ran off with a boo wearing a super crown that's <laughs> turned into now ghost peach ghost daisy. I don't okay. Know what you call it, but yeah, Man, it's, it's just if I think the concept was like if it does this for one, it has to be doing it for the other and what happens when you put this crown, this yeah. lady making crown onto every onto every lady character. making crown. <laughs> <laughs> that's a band name if I ever heard one. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Woo! Okay. So that kind of concludes our recap. This is yeah, typically when we start talking about the expansion topic. So we want to talk about what quality of games. Telltale. Telltale. <laughs> quality of games. And how there are some people that will continue to edit them. And others that will release unfinished games. Yeah. Right? That aren't super good. So finding that balance between yeah. taking forever and never actually releasing something versus... Putting it out way too early. Right. So we'll get into that here in a second. First, we're going to get going to our shout outs and then we'll go into our expansion topic. <laughs> if we can make an expansion topic, I think we can. We say this all the time. It's like, I don't know if we're going to have enough. And then we go like way Ramble over. <laughs> 10 hours. Kind of like right now. Okay. Our shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Of course, always to Trey. He's been working so hard. And I've, I've listened to a couple of our, our podcasts. And the biggest issue that we have now is just our sound quality. It's, it's not so much that we don't know what our layout is or where we're going to find topics at. That's not a problem anymore. It's really just the sound quality. Yeah, and the mic we've been using. is It's not a bad mic. The problem is we have this giant server over here that is just constantly letting out noise. And the way that mic is set up is it can't filter it out. So we changed our setup today just to see how it works. With, and it's because we only have two people. So we don't have You to like work. it, honk twice. <laughs> so, so I really hope this helps out for Trey. Um, so shout out to him. He's been working really hard. And of course, shout out to Benoit. Is that a sneeze? Or oh man, something was about to happen. Exorcism. Uh, so shout out to Anwar who has kind of... Kind of stayed on top of it. Like we've been kind of bad in communication recently, even though we have a giant Facebook group for all of us to talk in. Anwar's been super on point. He's taken it really to heart on trying to get make sure we, we stay on a schedule and get out by Wednesday. And so I w- really want to give him a good good shout out because he's 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 been keeping on it. So awesome to him. Plus he's just a chipper. He's just a chipper dude. Everyone can learn from Anwar's <laughs> attitude. He's, he's got yeah, a great it's like, attitude. It, it, things can be so like going so wrong and he's in the middle of it like like You're a smiling. room on fire and he's the dog in the middle going this is fine he's gonna <laughs> fry after a hundred cups of coffee and saving everyone's life yes it's amazing so shout out to him for his positivity also to jose 
He, so I'm not sure if we should mention it, but I'll give just a sneak peek because it might be kind of cool. Uh, the Thursday group is deciding to make a game. Mm -hmm. Anwar is kind of leading that. Uh, Anwar has been, not Anwar, I'm sorry, Jose. Jose, yeah. Jose is leading that. Yeah. And so, so this is a continuation of one we did for the cart jam. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah, he's decided to keep it going and, and make a full. Right, full and he's using, he's using, he's asked people of, the group to join in it right now i think he said that you guys are looking for unity developers to kind of yes. help out uh so i'm really excited to see what you guys kind of come up with i wish i could join but i just don't have the bandwidth anymore yeah. uh so i'm really excited to see how it goes so yeah, we'll keep I'm pumped this is this was the one i mentioned before the this was the first soundtrack where mm -hmm. i ever got the chance to write funk yes and so i'm excited about continuing that as well because awesome now I've got the funk. <laughs> so we're going to keep an eye on it. Just kind of want to put it out. It's like, look what we're about to do and see if it actually, if, if anything comes out of that. It would yeah. be just, just the fact that everybody's deciding to get together. So essentially, they're going to be using the Thursday group an hour after the Thursday group to kind of plan everything. And that means it's weekly meetings, which is great. <laughs> and hopefully a three-month development time with taking some time off in December. We're mm -hmm. hoping to have it finished by end of January. Yeah, so. yeah. So I wish you guys the best of luck. Sweet. Absolutely wish you guys the best of luck. I have no, like, Jose was like, I just wanted to make sure, like, you don't feel like I'm trying to shove you out or anything. I'm like, no, Jose, it's super awesome. Go for it. I wish I could do it. <laughs> so I'm super excited to see what you guys are going to do. If you guys want to come make a game, show up on Thursdays. Yeah, Whole Foods, don't run a road. Yeah. Up front of road. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Sure. <laughs> And that about concludes our shout out. So let's go. Oh, you are correct. Shout out to Nirvana. Big shout out to Nirvana. We're sorry we almost forgot you. <laughs> so it's so constant, you know. It's just so you get to that point where then you start being like taking things for granted. Yeah. It's not easy to find a recording space, but we managed to find it. And this is episode 33. We managed to find an awesome recording space. Hopefully, we can figure out how to how to improve the sound quality. Mm -hmm. uh, but thank you to Nirvana for just allowing us to continue to be here. And, of course, to Michael, who helped us maintain our access here. Uh, so thank you, guys. All righty. Now, now we're done with our shout-outs. So this is the expansion topic. There's there's not really a whole lot of spoilers here. We try to keep those out of, under control. But we take a topic that is something we've been thinking about a lot or something that we touch base a little on the in the groups and bring it here and kind of expand even further on it. Hence, there is an expansion topic. This time, Daniel, normally I come up with it like right on the fly. But this time, Daniel, you have one that you really want to talk about. Please enlighten us. Um, I mean, and I don't have, well. No, so no, no. Don't, don't be like, well, I don't know. No, no. Own this. Okay, this own is it. an issue. It's it, been bothering you. I know. It has been bothering me. And I don't. My problem is I don't like to be a super critical jerk about about games because working with you know game mm -hmm. developers working in the industry like it's for those of you who don't know it's it is a pain the, the you see the, the work that goes the man into behind these. the curtain yeah I mean what what was it Uncharted what are the Uncharted games? Two people had heart attacks during the yeah. making of like, allegedly. I mean, yeah. People work really hard on these things. So I don't want to needlessly just rip into them. But, but when it's bad, it's bad. But yeah, <laughs> when it's 
it's be constructive it's about it. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. And I've been playing the the Steam release of, of Chrono Trigger, mm -hmm. which is uh, I, I'm a lifelong fan of this game from the original Super Nintendo release. The you know I played a little bit of the PlayStation release, but the loading times made it kind of a, kind of a bear to get through that one. The DS release was pretty fabulous. I love this game. I've got it mm -hmm. tattooed on my body. Um, uh -uh. But this Steam release, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware, um, Square Enix surprised everyone with a Steam release uh, pretty much overnight one day. Hey, by the way, we've got this available on Steam. I bought it without you know thinking twice about it. Just like click buy. And then I started reading the comments. And almost immediately, there was a ton of backlash on this game. So you talked about your love for this. I just want to do another another like quick shout out. If you want to hear our interview with Daniel before he became a host, I believe your episode is called Seniors Need Love Too. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> feels so long ago. Now. Yeah, it's so long ago. We recorded that episode July 11th. Or that's when this one was, was published. It's July 11th. Seniors Need Love Too. So if you want to hear about how he got into being, how Daniel became a composer or got into working with video games, go check out that episode. And there, I asked you, like, what was one of your favorite soundtracks? And you said, Kerner, like, yeah. without missing a beat, it was like yeah. Kerner Trigger. Kerner Trigger is an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. So, they, so Square Enix released this entirely, it, it's an old title, but they re-released it on PC. Yes. And immediately, there was a ton of backlash because, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but most people, uh, it, it appeared to most people like a bad mobile port. Basically, they, mm. they had some some there's some weird smoothing stuff that it does to all the graphics and it just like you said at the club like it had some game ending bugs in there well uh th yeah there's some game breaking bugs i've encountered so six months after releasing there was enough backlash from the fans that they pushed out an update that made the graphics more like the original and then there was you know after that all these string of blog posts and articles of people saying hey Square Enix put the original graphics back into Chrono Trigger. Now it looks way, way, way better. And while I agree that it looks better than it looked before, there's still a lot of broken stuff in this game. <laughs> it's not functional. Like, like some of it's uh, has and in the in-game menu, what they word it as is um, similar to the original pixel art. Is is their wording for it? So it is not the exact original artwork of the game. But it is close. I wonder if, because we, and we've talked on this before about preservation of games. I wonder if they lost the originals. Maybe, yeah, I don't. I wonder. It's like it, a lot of it sounds like if it was just an easy port, like they had to just change some code. Oh man, I want to get Russell on because that's kind of what Sickhead Games does is yeah, they work on ports, ports. I would love to get him on to talk about porting games because this would be a perfect topic yeah. for him. But I wonder if we're like, because that technology was was is old. That in the process of updating it, they just couldn't get all the updates done, right? But also, they lost; they didn't have access to the source code anymore. I wonder if that was the case. Because yeah, I, I, I don't know. We know that games uh, and developing comp developers don't always keep the source code, or there's no good way of keeping the source code. And it changes so much, especially yeah. if you're switching from engine to engine, right? From Unreal to Unity to Unity to Unreal, whatever, right? You're going to lose some things in the process. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know what all the difficulties they encountered were, but 
even when you've got it running in original graphics mode, it's like 90% original graphics. And then some of the stuff is still the weirdly blurred, smoothed, mm -hmm. like the, the Epoch or Epic, however you prefer to say it. There's a time machine that, that flies around in the game. Mm -hmm. And it it looks, it, it's all smoothed out and mm -hmm. looks weird. I mean, it looks like, it looks like mobile game art flying around a pixelated mm -hmm. landscape. And it's just lots of strange stuff like that. And then like some of the, there's some interesting uh, like sort of cinematic moments in the game with, a, with a, like an ocean palace. And then this, the last dungeon is this thing called the Black Omen, if you haven't played the game. Spoilers. Um, when, they, <laughs> when they appear, there's some cool effects that happen in the original SNES version. Mm -hmm. in, in this port, there's like, like missing graphics so it's like black chunky pixel blocks mm. in place of those objects as they appear and just lots of weird stuff like that um hit boxes or colliders i don't know whatever you call them of sprites that are like way too wide wider than the actual mm -hmm. npc that's sitting there so you like have a difficult time walking around things and so Mm. A lot of the environments end up feeling sticky when you're trying to run through because you just get stuck on all this invisible stuff and mm -hmm. just lots of lots no. of stuff like that. But kind of kind of going back to our topic on it though is like why is it that you wish that they took more time? I do. I wish it just doesn't feel polished. Like I'm fine with changing a game from its original form. They did that with the DS version, and I, I love the DS version of the game. The problem is it doesn't feel like a complete game. It feels like they're still... Like, in the first 15 minutes of the game, I ran into two bugs where I like got stuck inside of, of another sprite and had to close the game and reopen it just to continue playing. And so I'm thinking, well, is this going to be... This is like a, mm -hmm. you know, this can be like a 40 plus hour game. Is that going to be my experience for the whole game? And thankfully that that has not continued past the first 15 minutes. But a lot of these other bugs I keep finding just like mm -hmm. stuff being sticky and hard to walk around. And I don't know, but. but is this something that you keep coming into contact whenever you're, whenever you go out and you're buying games? Is that like the, the biggest issue that you're having recently? Um. I think a lot of people have this complaint with lots. I mean, I think that was the main complaint of games like Star Wars, The Old Republic mm -hmm. and No Man's Sky. Mm -hmm. um, There's just incomplete games like, that were released. Yeah, yeah a lot of the complaint was like, OK, this this doesn't have like a complete game's worth of content or at mm -hmm. least not what we were promised. I don't know. I, I think the issue that people have more is that they claim that it's a finished game when it's released mm -hmm. and it's clearly not. Yeah. And then later on they go and do some, ooh, some sort of update yep. that will then make the, like in the case of no man's sky, the, it was playable, but it didn't have all the features that were promised upon the release of the game. Since then they've re recently, they released a new uh, update to it. Mm -hmm. That gave it a whole lot more content to play. It made it closer to the game that it was promised to be, right? Uh, so I think for a lot of people, they have an issue on when you release a game, say that it is complete, and then in some way, it's, it's very clearly not. A patch has to be put out that makes the game complete, yeah. or, or <laughs> this happens, or they release a DLC that you then have to purchase on top of playing the other yeah. game. 
Right? And that's when people have like this huge explosion. Yeah. And I mean, at the time that Spider-Man came out, the people were like, oh, they were they were heralding it as like, look, this is a complete game with no DLC or anything yeah. like that. I can play the game all the way through. But that doesn't mean that there won't be DLC from the game later on. And that's kind of like where we are at in this in the era of games that we have now is they still they might release like even uh, Horizon Zero Dawn released as a full title, but they have released a DLC for it. And Borderlands Two <laughs> had three DLCs that you could buy, right? So I think more people have an issue now when you are paying $60 for a game. Don't have as much, you don't have $60 worth of content. And then you're asked to pay 15 bucks for any DLC that's coming out after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... But to your other point, releasing unfinished titles and then using that as an excuse... To, I don't. I don't want to say it's an excuse because that's probably as far as we're gonna get sometimes. Um, but using that as kind of like our, this is what we have, and look now we're releasing all these patches. I think is the, is another issue that a lot of people have as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's it is interesting to watch that sort of transition from because you know, twenty years ago, they put a game out. It, it had to be ready. It had to be complete because mm-hmm. you couldn't download fixes to your cartridges Mm -hmm. and there were stories of early carts having a bug you know so they have to take them off the shelves and push out a new wave of of Mm -hmm. cartridges to sort of fix that stuff but for the most part like you bought a game at the store and and it was a complete finished polished game and that's not always the case now there's Mm -hmm. and i know they've they've got all these deadlines they have to meet but but when you pay for a game that's supposed to be a complete finished game and it's got clearly broken stuff in it. I don't know. It's just, it, it is frustrating. You know, now that we're kind of on this topic and I'm just running through my brain on just like all the sort of things that are just kind of new in, in like this new era uh, of development. Betas are much longer now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long was, so one of my favorite games is Subnautica. I really love Subnautica. It was released and it was like a beta game for several, for like a year or two before they released it as a full thing, right? And it was fun to kind of watch that development because what I think it does and why people, why games are kind of going along, along this route, especially in terms of like indie developers, is because that's the only way they're going to get playtesting, right? If you, if you think of something like Gearbox, they've kind of already got a little section that's already broken out for their game testers, right? And they invite people in to kind of play their games. But for indie developers, you either go to a showcase and have your game played and watch it be destroyed right in front of like people in the public, or you release it online as an alpha or a beta, and you allow people to play it and get the feedback from there, right? And that's the only way you can kind of improve on your game. And I think that's a lot of what Subnautica did in order to issue the improvements that they did. And that's also where they learned that more people were really are interested or really were interested in having some sort of story that went along with their game through there. So betas are much longer now, I feel. I feel like more developers are comfortable releasing in alphas now because, again, playtesting is hard. 
uh, I think this is a case of developers using the resources that they have at their disposal, especially for indie developers who don't have a whole lot. So I think this is a good way of them using resources. Yeah. Right, and asking for that feedback. Yeah, that feedback. Yeah. But that patience, you you have a lot more patience when you're told that it's an alpha or beta game. Yeah. That's true. Well, and it's it's weird to think that there was a time when there weren't even there, there weren't betas, right? Super, right. Super Nintendo, we didn't have betas of games. Like, yeah, no, you either got like, it or you didn't. Yeah. yeah. Heard of the game and then like a month or two later you could buy it. I don't know. Mhm. Mm it's, it's just yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's so different now. Yeah. Oh man, that opens up a really just. I've got thoughts on this now. I got to go explore them a little bit later and come back and actually talk to them a little bit more. But this is it kind of like development has changed, and it's really easy to continue to say like from the outside looking in, it's like no, it hasn't. It's just been the same. People get together, they put some stuff on in code, and then boom, it happens, right? But now that you're thinking about it and you think of like the limitations that indie developers, indie game developers have to go through and some of the limitations that even triple titles have, triple A titles have, right? They're, they're really exploring all of their options and how they're doing that is interesting. And even if you're looking from, from the, it goes from development even to funding. It's really interesting in how some games are trying to get funded now, right? They're either doing it through, through crowdsource, like Kickstarter, or they're even looking in now to blockchain. I mean, we talked about fig.org, which is something that Gearbox has. Again, Gearbox does not sponsor us at all, but it's something that Gearbox actually is getting involved in. And from what I understand, there's a lot more uh, studios that are looking into publishing for indie developers because they know of how high that barrier is to entry. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of thoughts now. A lot of thoughts. <laughs> a lot of thoughts. Yes. I think uh, we are approaching. Are we? Is it that time? Is it already? Yes. Five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> Five minutes. So we'll take callers. <laughs> we never have callers. Never. I'm still waiting. <laughs> One of these weeks, we'll, somebody will actually call. <laughs> uh, we don't. We don't. Later, we never yeah. take calls. This isn't even that kind of podcast. But I'm still gonna try. <laughs> It'll be your thing. You can put your number out there. It'll be a running gag. Because <laughs> obviously we record this on Mondays and it's released on, on Wednesday. So mm -hmm. Wednesdays or Thursdays. Yep. Yeah. So alrighty. So tell us what you think. All right. Do you uh, tell us your thoughts on kind of the state of the industry as you see it? Right? The state of development. She's yelling at you, listener, not not me. <laughs> I have no thoughts. So think let us know, you know, uh, I'd be interested to see, to kind of see from the other side of the curtain, to be honest, like, like, like you said, it, when you, once you're on that other side and you start seeing the real work that goes into it, it kind of, it changes your perspective on a lot of things, yeah. right? And you're a little bit more forgiving. But I also think that as you get more into like the alphas and the betas and you start understanding like what these developers Star are trying to figure citizens. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you kind of do, do you want a game to take seven plus years? To man, it, I mean, it could have been like a Mighty Nine, where it was overhyped and then underdelivered. Yeah. I mean, those sorts of things happen. Anyways, tell us what you think. 
We'd love to hear it. You can drop it in our Facebook group or our Discord. Or you can visit us at our club. See, I was mm, sideways. Uh, Or you can come to our Thursday or Friday clubs. We have Thursday Whole Foods at Runner Roads here at Nirvana on Friday. Both clubs start at 8 a.m. And it looks like we are getting very close to starting our Wednesday one in downtown Dallas. We're on Facebook and Discord. Mm-hmm. Post your uh, post your best Bowsette renditions. Oh gosh, let's see what you got. Oh oh, and last thing I'm gonna say in our Discord, we changed the channel. Before we were trying to do a book club. That's, yes, we were so mm-hmm. like the the video game equivalent of a book club. We were trying to do a thing where we, everyone would kind of vote on a game. We'd spend the month playing it, and then the last Thursday and Friday of the month, we would everyone would discuss how how they felt about, yeah. about the game we'd spent the month playing. So that died very quickly. We played one game, <laughs> Monument Valley. And then we tried another game, and not everybody played it. Yep. Uh, so what I did, at the clubs, what we do is, uh, at the end of the club, we do a round of, what are you working on, what Shots. are you playing? Right? <laughs> Shots. What are you working on, what are you playing? And it's usually just an encouragement. Uh, so we have a, what are you working on, which is sh- shameless self-promo. But we didn't have, what are you playing? Now we do. So that Discord channel that was originally for the book club has been updated to be a, what are you playing? So and, if you're on Discord, check it out. Yes. And no, no. Put it in the put it in the Facebook, too. I want to yeah. start that on Facebook as well. Just at the end of every month, we do just, what are you working on? What are you playing? Kind of thing. And I, I, I would love to do that a lot more often. It's going to help a lot with a lot of things if we, if we get it going. Um, so... We'll probably start seeing that soon. Very soon. You know, the beginning or the end of the month. Right. <laughs> so, alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Or talk to you next week. One of the two is going to happen. Yep. Laters. Bye.